The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Hello, Creepers. Welcome to what some would call a brand new episode of That's Odd. <laughs> Whatever many people just turned off. <laughs> Is this thing broke? <laughs> Thank you for joining us. I am one of your hosts. I am Johnny Towns, and I'm joined by one of my bestest pals, Mr. Christopher Chavez. That's me. <laughs> What's How's up, it going, buddy? Oh, it's going. It's definitely going. Um, not much going on, really, I guess, on my side of the world, aside from going crazy at work, but you already know that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing's yeah. changed there. Yeah. Uh, Chris lives in a world in which they just keep giving them stuff and, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. and it's okay, you know, oh. but no more money though. Of course we're gonna keep the money oh. the same. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be nice if they <laughs> added a little bit of that to the, pu- to yeah. the, a little bit the of the cha-ching please. Yeah. And yeah. we need a cha-ching um, a little bit of the money, but just, you know, busy doing stuff where, uh, you know, vaccinations are going out there trying to get everybody vaccinated at my agency. Yeah. Uh, it looks like it's slowly, you know, doing things around the country. One of the things I saw recently was in Europe, they're seeing um, more and more decreases of reports for COVID. So right, it yes. looks like hopefully we're looking at, 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 you know, returning to a somewhat normal life here in the near future. Though I, I don't know, think it's ever going to be really normal. Yeah. I don't think it'll be completely normal over again, just because that's always going to be there, but yeah. I think it can definitely improve. Yeah. And I know in our state, in the great state of North Carolina, uh, which is just north of South Carolina for all you geography bus, but somehow it's south of South Dakota. So think of that. <laughs> uh, but uh, they just kind of did a soft open. I don't know what you want to call it. It's not fully open, the state. Okay. So you can kind of go to uh, like a limited capacity to things. I know the Charlotte Hornets, which is our NBA basketball team here, can have uh, some fans in their stadium now, that type of deal. But, you know, uh, we're trying. We're trying to, yeah. It just seems so weird. The past year and a half we've been through it just seems, yeah, odd. definitely. <laughs> um, in the next in the next few days, honestly, we're recording this March second, but in the next few days, we're literally going to hit that one year mark where it was literally considered a pandemic, and yeah. I said literally twice uh, in a row there. But it was considered a pandemic, and everything started the whole shutdown, the masks, everything. Right. We've been doing this for about a year now. Um, so I know you're an NBA fan, dude. Have you ever been to Charlotte Hornets games? Strangely enough, no. I've been oh. to that arena for other sports. Okay. I've I've been to other NBA games when I was in other cities. Okay. But I've never been to a Hornets game, and it's so odd because they're by far my most favorite team ever of anything. So <laughs> that is very strange. Very strange. <laughs> now, if you were given a chance to go during one of these these kind of limited attendance seating things, would you want? Would you go? Like, would you feel like comfortable enough, or would you be like, yeah, Man. you know, I'll wait. I'll wait to get stuck, or I'll wait till it slows down a little I'll more. Probably wait, honestly, because yeah. I'm just more concerned about other people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not everybody is as you know. I'm not saying I'm considered all the time, but not everybody yeah. is considered. Yeah, 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 yeah. Public and that type of thing, but yeah, it's uh, it's. I think it'll be strange. I think even if they ever open up 
I think they will eventually. I'm not saying why, yeah. but they will open up the state completely at some point. I think it'll still take some people some time to kind of feel comfortable. Yeah, and that's it's understandable. Everybody. Yeah, yeah. Across the across the country, across the w- world. Uh, though I am seeing in certain parts of the world, they're showing just images of people at clubs and things are kind of back in swing again. Uh, yes. Just because, just because, like a lot of the numbers are very, very low or almost non-existent. Um, and then the other thing I saw was that New Zealand, which hadn't had a case in how long, so much so that they were living normal life now for months and months right. on end, had yeah. one reported case. And the second they had that one reported case, the entire country went on lockdown at a yeah. level three they lockdown. They don't mess around, man. That's why New Zealand's great. <laughs> seriously. Seriously. New Zealand was like that. So you remember at the end of Mandalorian, that last episode last season, they shut that that barrier door yeah. down. It's like, Doosh. It's, it's like uh, <laughs> that's New Monsters Zealand's Inc. borders. It's like Monsters, Inc. when that sock was on that one monster. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's New Zealand right there. Oh, man. Uh, but yeah, um, I was thinking, though, you know, uh, so, you know, we still have people out there um, and whatever uh, who are into the whole conspiracy stuff when it comes to this. Uh, I just want people to know that that's nothing new. Uh, yeah. Even before this pandemic, it's, there's always been this conspiracy level of uh, you can't trust the government, which, to be fair, they've given us plenty of reasons not to trust <laughs> them. But, you know, uh, you can't trust the government, you know, that uh, uh, celebrities are not who they say they are, that type of thing. Lizard so there's people. A, yeah, there's literally a podcast right now, and I'm going to say literally many times, <laughs> uh, called The Opportunist, and it's about, right now, the first episodes are about this lady named uh, Sherry Schreiner, uh, and basically that's what she did. She had like a radio show, and she got a cult following from the show, and her main thing was that, you know, the government's always lying to you, celebrities are... Uh, not only in with Satan, not only is Satan involved here, but also aliens are involved and uh, they're lizard people. Like it's all, it's literally everything somehow rubbed into one and it's pretty spectacular. That's amazing. I'm going to have to yeah. check that out. Yeah. Definitely it's have to check podcast. That out. I recommend it, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm very excited about today, Chris. I got a topic oh, yeah. that literally I found the literal, <laughs> I'm just doing it now just to really irritate people. <laughs> uh, article that I'm getting this from today. Oh. It was written yesterday. <laughs> oh, so, wow. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, there's plenty of other sources for it, but that's going to be my main source. And I'll, of course, give that source when I get to it. I like but, it. Yeah. Um, mine, I had heard, I remember when the one I'm going to discuss today, I remember when it happened. And I remember just the, the oddity behind it, the weirdness behind it. Um, but then I hadn't, I, you know, it, it didn't come back to memory until recently. I saw that there was an article that was writ- written, uh, it was like October of last year, I think, or or November of last year. That kind of revisits this saying, you know, yeah. uh, remember this kind of a thing. And so I was like, oh, and so I put it on my little list on my phone for future episodes of, of That's Odd. So uh, let's jump into it. I'm going to kick let's it off it. today. I'm going to tell you the story of the very strange and odd uh, events surrounding, or or I wouldn't even say the event. So basically the odd things surrounding the kidnapping of Sherry Papini. Oh, okay. You know this name. Do you know this uh, one? Papini, I feel like I would know if I'd heard it before. Okay. I don't recognize it. Um, the afternoon of Wednesday, November 2nd, 2016, in Redding, California, it's about 150, I think it said it was 150 miles north of Sacramento. Sherry Papini, 34-year-old mother of two, 
texted her husband, Keith, asking if he was going to be home for lunch that day. He was working a shift at Best Buy, and he responded that he wouldn't be able to get away and that he would just meet up with her later that night after she went and picked up her, their kids from school. Uh, with no lunch plans in place, Sherry decided that she was going to go for a jog. So the five foot three blonde put on her pink running shoes and took off jogging in her neighborhood. She's very well known in the neighborhood. The neighborhood, a lot of friends and family and neighbors called her the super mom. She was kind of like a stay at home mom. She, she took the kids to, to school, picked them up, you know, ran the house. They would see her running, doing things like things around the house, gardening. She had a very bubbly personality. Everybody knew Sherry and Keith and, and she was always, I mean, all the articles I saw, and I'm telling you, I, I read five, six, seven different articles. Every single one had in quotes, super mom. So I think during the time that this happened, that was like kind of how she was known as a super mom. Like, like, uh, that's her brand. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, so she took off jogging. She was last seen uh, by her neighbors in this in the area around her home jogging around 2 p.m. Last time she was seen. When Keith returned around 5 p.m., Sherry was not home. Neither were the kids. So immediately he's worried, trying to figure out what's going on. He found out the kids had not been picked up. Uh, so he's stressed out. Um, from what I saw, everything I read, it didn't tell me what happened. Nobody said, like, did he have somebody go pick up the kids? Did he go pick up the kids? There's nothing that I said, like, what happened to the kids, which is kind of strange, right? I feel yeah. like I would be like, did anybody ever get the kids? Uh, there's nothing. I'm going to assume saw. somebody did. I'm assuming, yeah, he called <laughs> yeah. somebody, family, friends, yeah. because his wife's not here. He finds out the kids hadn't been picked up. So that's not normal. Right. He isn't super alarmed just yet, though. He tries to call Sherry a few times and there's no answer. He texts her, no response. So then he thinks to himself, you know what? He's going to use the find my phone iPhone app, the find my iPhone app. You have an right. iPhone? I do. Yes. Okay. So is the, I guess this is a thing that if you share it with people that they can find where you are, they can know where your location is at all times. I believe so. I think mine even has that. And I'm, and I have an iPhone five, so that's, <laughs> that's how behind I am, but I believe even it has that. So. Yeah. So I know that that's a, th I remember, uh, Anthony, you know, a good friend of our show and, and Chris and Anthony just can't stop. Well, acquaintance. He's got, <laughs> he's got, he, one day he was here doing something and he said, Oh, my mom's at so-and-so. I was like, how do you know that? He's like, it's on, it's on the app. I was like, what do you mean? Like you're literally following where she is. He's like, Oh yeah. Well, they, they kinda, share, yeah. they all share where their location is on their phone. It's just kind of a thing you do, I guess. It's good. And also can be creepy. Yeah. Very creepy. <laughs> right. So he decides he's going to use the find my iPhone app to see where she is. The app shows that she's only a mile away from the house and that she's at the intersection of sunrise drive and old Oregon trail. So the only reason I made sure to notate that is just because I love the fact that there's a, a road called Old Oregon Trail. Because yeah, I wonder yeah. if that like literally is part of the Oregon Trail that ended in California. That'd be pretty awesome. That would be awesome. So Keith heads out immediately. Got to go find her. What's she doing at this corner, right? When she's supposed to be picking up the kids. Yeah. He gets in his wagon. Gets in the wagon, you know, gets the medicine for dysentery yeah. and heads out. Gets the ox. <laughs> when he gets to the location, though, she's not there. But he finds her phone and earbuds on the pavement. Well, that's not good. Not at all. She's nowhere to be seen. So immediately he calls the authorities. You know, this is not normal. The fact that it's just laying here in the street, he calls the authorities. And while he's waiting for the authorities to arrive, he immediately starts going to houses and knocking on doors and asking people, have they seen her? Can they come out and help him search for her that she's missing? Something may have happened. So he's trying to do his best to try to find anyone who may have been a witness. 
the police get there. They start canvassing the area. They're asking questions and there's nothing. Nobody saw anything. Nobody saw her. Nobody saw anybody mysterious or suspicious. Nobody saw a thing. You know, Keith is distraught. He for the next few days, he's trying to figure out where she where she is. He's getting friends and family to join in. Uh, They're organizing search parties. You know, he's going in and getting questioned by the police and he's, you know, not none of the questions, none of the answers he's given make them think, you know, that he's suspicious whatsoever. But you know how it is, right? You always have to look towards the husband. So 22 days later, though, after exhaustive searches that turn up nothing, hours and hours of interviews, handful of search warrants and a polygraph on Keith Thanksgiving Day along Interstate 5 in Yolo County, Sherry Papini is found flagging down a motorist. Okay. Her body is badly bruised. She's got burn marks on parts of her body. She has a broken nose. She's emaciated. She is down to 87 pounds when she's found. And she's got chains bound around her waist and around one of her her, uh, wrists. Uh, the other wrist you could tell had been bound and that she had yeah. wiggled it out. It was very, it was, it was uh, raw. Um, her long blonde hair, which she, which her husband called her, tr- her trademark long blonde hair had been cut to shoulder length. And there was a brand on her right shoulder. She had been branded. However, from 2016 up to today, 2021, they still have not released what that brand was. Huh? So you know, they, the, the, the motorist stops, gets this lady, finds out who she is. They end up calling Shasta County police. Uh, Keith arrives. Everybody, it's, it's, it's a miracle. This girl's been found. This, she's found alive, right? And then they hear the story. The story is that she had been jogging when this dark SUV pulled up and two Hispanic women jumped out, both wearing kerchiefs on their face like they're like, you know, Wild West uh, right. train robbers. Uh, they jump out of the SUV with a gun and they force Sherry into the SUV and they beat her and they put a bag over her head so she can't see. They end up driving. She doesn't know where she goes, but by the time they pull the bag off of her head, she's in a basement and they keep her in this basement for 22 days, beating her, torturing her, cutting her hair, branding her, um, you know, cursing at her, spitting on her, doing all these things to her. And then after 22 days, they put a bag back over her head, chain her up, take her out into the car, go driving. And the next thing she knows, she's being thrown from the car. So after she wiggles her way out and gets the bag off of her head, she runs to the interstate and flags down uh, the motorist. This is the story. They, the police begin doing investigations. You know, she goes to the hospital. They, they look her up and down. They take, you know, they take samples off of her. They get photographs of all her different bruises and cuts and scrapes and burns. Um, and then they set to work. They start looking up the DNA, trying to find it in their system. They take, they, you know, she describes what these women looked like with the masks. Uh, and, you know, they had a, a sketch artist do the sketches and they put that out there for people. They compared it to all the different, you know, people in their database and there's just no hits, nothing at all. And that's it. It's not been solved. That's all that's ever been known about it. Th- she then gets back with her and her husband and their kids Go move, end up moving a, a few miles away from where they were living initially back into his childhood home. And for the past four and a half years, 
have led quiet lives, kind of stay away. She barely comes out of the house, you know, to go out in public when she does, you know, they say she looks fine. She's happy. They see the kids all the time. People see the uh, Keith all the time, but you know, she's st- trying to stay away from the media and the public. Um, people have been questioning like what's going on, what happened? How can we need more information? Tell us more because everything yeah. you're telling us doesn't make sense. Um, you know, when she had to be interviewed again by the police, they went over a lot of the different injuries she had. And this time she pointed out a cut on the bottom of her foot and the police thought to themselves, that doesn't make sense because when you were in the hospital, they took pictures of all of your injuries and that was not part of it. And she said that was an injury she got while fending off one of the ladies in the, in the van. Then one of the tests came back from the hospital. There was a trace amount of a female DNA on her but there was also male DNA on her that wasn't her husband. And she didn't say, she said zero about another man. So like I said, they kind of go off and do their thing. The Again, Keith takes another polygraph so that they can make sure that they're not lying, that it's not a hoax. He passes it. She does not take a polygraph. Stephanie does not take one. And the reason for that is that typically you don't polygraph victims. And because right. she's being looked yeah. at as a victim, they're not going to polygraph her. They're not looking at her as if she did anything wrong here. Right. Um, but this, so everything I just told you was the story she gave the story that, that has been made to the public and, and that's it. And for the last four and a half years, five years now, uh, it'll be five years, November this year, there's been nothing, no answers to this. They've offered no more information on it. Um, they've stopped doing any kind of interviews, uh, you know, all these articles I read and it was every year, like one was a year later, still no answers a couple of years later. And the most recent one was just last year, four years later, still no answers into, uh, the Sherry Papini case. And so as you're looking into it, there was a few more things that came out in the year since this went down recently over the past couple of, uh, the past year, a man has been calling the Shasta County police department, right? The, the Shasta County police stating that he is the man who was with her for those 22 days that she was with him and that it was all a hoax and that she did that. She did a lot of that stuff to herself to try to, to make money, to try to become this kind of, you know, celebrity star, this woman who this happened to, and then she saved. And now, you know, look at her rebuild her life kind of a thing. So this man continues to call, but will not say who he is. Uh, so nobody knows who he is. And, and he just keeps calling saying, this is the deal. So that's a weird thing that that's come yeah. up. One of the other things that's come up was the cell phone records that, you know, a lot of these, the, the newspapers that were doing these articles use freedom of, of information act to get in, you know, some of this information. And they found that in the investigation, and this wasn't released to the public that the police found that her cell phone records showed that a few days before her disappearance, she had been texting a man in Michigan. It was a man that she met online. Uh, they couldn't tell whether or not it, it, it was uh, a romantic relationship, but she had been interacting with him and texting him yeah. and that he was going to be in town on the day of her disappearance. He was going to be in town on business from Detroit. However, they did interview this guy and he had not been with her. Everything checks out that he hadn't seen her, hadn't been with her. It's just some relationship that they have developed just as an online conversational texting messaging maybe late night fun times, who knows, Uh, but that's happening. Now here's the other piece. Part of that freedom of information act. They found other police reports from when she was younger. Apparently when she was 18 years old, 
there's a police report where her sister called the police and reported that that Sherry, uh, at 18 years old, had kicked in the back door of their Mount Shasta home and took off. So when the parents came home, they said that it was vandalism, that it wasn't their daughter. It was a vandal that had done that and that Sherry had been gone off on a trip somewhere. So it's a little weird. When she was 21 years old, again, there was a police report filed by her parents because she had taken money out of her father's bank account, uh, which in the police report, it was noted that she did later return. So you can tell there's these little things that she's doing, yeah. right? Like she's not like the, the sweetest super mom kind of a person in this regard. And then also later that year, when she was 21 years old, her mom filed a police report because she reported that Sherry had begun beating herself, punching herself in the face and beating herself because she was planning on reporting her mother as being abusive and attacking her. Hmm. So since then, nothing else has been out. Nobody's come forward. Nobody's come forward as knowing these two ladies nobody's come forward as being the man whose dna matches they have uploaded that dna to those uh dna sites you know what i mean to try to see yeah. if there's any kind of connections yet and so far there's no connections they haven't found anything that that matches or connects that um so that's the story man that's the story of sherry papini that's the story of her abduction and the, the situation surrounding it and the non-answers and unsolved uh, status of the case as of now so based on all that man what do you think what do you think is, is the deal here do you think something really happened to her or do you think this is one of her kind of weird acting out trying to get celebrity cases i don't know you never want to be someone who blames a victim right because like not only do you, if you're a human you'll feel awful if you find out you're wrong <laughs> that they really truly are a victim. Uh, but, you know, it's it's just, uh, man, there's just a lot of the things you say make me think that at the very least she knows more than what she ever said. You know, uh, that's how it kind of feels to me. Uh, I hope I'm wrong. Uh, maybe she, actually, I don't know why I would hope. I don't want, actually, I hope it's a hoax because if there's just people, I mean, I know this really happened sadly, but if there's people around that area just kidnapping people and beating the freaking crap out of them, that's going to escalate at some point and it's going to get even worse. Um, I will say this though. I will say that it's, you know, it's strange in that the extent, the extent of the, 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 like the extent of the abuse she took, you know what I mean? I think, I feel like that really goes like a little overboard as opposed to just like punching yourself to try to raise a bruise, right? Like yeah. burning yourself, branding yourself, starving yourself, cutting your hair off. Like she, unless she went through some weird psycho psychotic break at that time. The other thing that's really weird to me is this kind of emergence of a relationship with a man that is not her husband living in yeah. a different state, you know, halfway across the country that is just kind of, glossed over like just kind of like oh this is this guy she just kind of talks to and then moves on like what does that mean is there is this something her husband's aware of is this not a question of like is there a possibility that maybe it wasn't this person specifically but did this person specifically have any tie or or you know reason as to what happened yeah there's just a lot of questions it's it's definitely strange definitely odd there's there's just a part of me that feels like she knows something else that she's, oh yeah there's definitely something there that's just one piece of the puzzle that we need and she has that piece and don't get me wrong if this was a real thing 
and she was really beat. I'm glad they let her go and she was alive. But that also seems kind of strange that they let her go alive if they know that she's seen their face yeah. after all they did to her. Well, she said she didn't. That's the thing. They said that any time that she, she tried not to look directly at them, she didn't want to instigate them, but they constantly wore the masks. Oh, okay. Um, it was like they were planning COVID was coming, right? Like they're constantly wearing the mask. Or, what, would be, what would be their purpose of this? Or they had a hood on her head so that they, she couldn't see yeah. them. You know what I mean? Very weird, man. Very weird. Um, I would, I mean, part of me, only because you know me and, and my the way I am, part of me hopes there's like this really weird kind of satanic cult that's like, you know what I mean? Or, so, or and like, something. And like she's programmed. She doesn't even realize it until the future whenever they do yeah. something or say something and activate all these people that they've kind of just let out into the world and branded and this army of darkness. I mean, it literally could be anything. I mean, it, it's just really strange. Maybe those two people were part of like a, a cult too, and that's how they get initiated. You know, I yeah, I don't know. And there's but the, and and there's well. no and there's no discounting that they would do this for celebrity also. Because if you remember, remember Balloon right. Boy, yes, I do. Yes, <laughs> I remember Balloon Boy very. Like I remember Aaron and I were on a trip and we saw it. Uh, we were in the hotel room and we just turned. No, maybe we were on our cruise. I can't remember. But we turned on the TV, the news, and all of a sudden this was going on. I was like, "What the hell?" And it was like fascinating. Everybody was watching this thing yeah. in the air, right? For yeah, everybody's after. concerned about this kid in this balloon. He's hiding in his attic. Yeah, and he was in his <laughs> attic the whole time. Yeah, and it was all set up. <laughs> And the best part is when they find that out is because the kid accidentally lets it out on live TV. Yeah, that was the <laughs> best. Yeah. That was the best. That's that's oh, a, that's an episode where they would have got away with it right there. Oh, yeah. 100%. 100%. Uh, but anyway, All yeah, right. that's the weird, odd uh, kidnapping of Sherry Papini. Still right, well, unsolved. Now we're going to go to San Francisco. Ooh. Uh, this is, uh, there's a lot of sources for this, but uh, like I said, the main one I took was from an article yesterday from the SF Gate. Uh, Katie Dowd wrote this. It's a fantastic article. Look it up if you feel like you should. Uh, I really, uh, I really recommend it because obviously she goes way more in depth than I will here. Highly recommend it. But the year is 1937. Uh, the world <laughs> is uh, almost at war. And uh, a 26 year old department store clerk named i'm going to butcher this uh burl i think that's how he wants to say his first name shin the last name i can get pretty easy uh was in the bay area of california when of course one of the most annoying things happens and his car gets a flat tire chris Oof. so this, annoying, isn't right? that really the worst though because it's one of these things that just kind of comes out of nowhere. Obviously, you're yeah. not going to expect it's something. It's a huge like that. inconvenience. But when you're driving and all of a sudden you're like you're feeling that 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 slight bump and you're thinking, "Oh no, please don't." And then yeah. it gets louder and you hear the thump thump thump. You're like, yeah. "Yep, that's my tire. That's my tire." Yeah, yeah. I mean, like just and he was probably already having a bad day because that's when that stuff happens when you're already having an annoying day. You know exactly. Yeah, uh, but he uh, just to give you an idea where he's at, he, he he's on foot because his car is a flat tire. He's trying to go get help and stuff. And uh, he comes across, he's near kind of San Quentin, a very famous jail there. And he's kind of near there. And actually, uh, in the article I read, so he can even see it from where he's at. That's how close he is to this this very famous jail. And he's kind of looking around on the ground. You know, when you're walking, uh, you kind of look at, you look on the ground at all the different rocks and stuff. And he saw something shiny, kind of caught his eye. You know, what, what could this be? So he grabs it and it's like this plate, right? It's like this plate, this weird, odd plate that's just really shiny and obviously not rock didn't belong there but it had been buried there because it was dirty and covered in a lot of dirt and 
it had some odd writing on it. Some very strange writing was on this. And it had the name of Francis Drake was the name that he could Sir? read on it. Sir, Sir Francis Drake. A wink, wink, Chris. Okay. Uh, so uh, he takes this plate back home. He kind of puts it up on his mantle. Like, hey, I found this weird thing. <laughs> and, and it kind of stays there for a bit. And his friends, and you know, whenever he'd have people over, he would talk about it. He'd bring it up, say, hey, look at this weird thing I found. And his friends eventually convince him, hey, you need to take this to uh, like a local college to get a historian just to look at this, just to see what it is. And that's what he does. He takes it to UC Berkeley for a historian to look at. And this is where we're going to enter Professor Herbert Eugene Bolton. He was at this time a humongous, he was like one of the top experts in American history. Any relation to Michael? Uh, I would hope and pray so. Uh, <laughs> I didn't get to see his hair, but that would have been a dead giveaway. <laughs> he had the same hair. <laughs> uh, but this guy, of course, was an expert in American history. And as soon as he sees this, this plate, uh, Shin said it was like his eyes had popped out of his head, right? Like, oh, because he it was like he instantly knew what he was looking at. And his jaw drops. And unbeknownst to Shin, he had brought Professor Bolton something that the professor had been searching for pretty much his whole life. And it was something so huge that it would change California's history. That's how big this is. It's a humongous deal. Mm-hmm. So he calls all his colleagues uh, to a meeting. He wants to show this off because he had this, what he called this most incredible discovery or the most incredible discovery in California history. So he's really selling this thing. Okay. You know, <clears throat> and it's called Drake's Plate. That's basically what it comes down to. It is the only physical evidence of Sir Francis Drake's being uh, on the California coast in the year 1579. Really? According to some of Drake's crew at that time, is his written record, he left an inscribed brass plate of his claim to that area. And that's the only way you would know he was there. It's the only physical thing he ever left. But no one had found it for 350 years. Wow. So for listeners who might not know who Sir Francis Drake is, are you getting into this or should I say who? No, go who ahead. Go ahead. You can go ahead. Yeah. Sir Francis Drake is very well. He was an explorer back in those back in the olden times, right? Uh the Columbus days and the Magellan days, those, those kinds of explorers. He's most well known for circumnavigating the globe, going completely around the globe, uh, you know, traveling around. um, I forgot how many years it took him. It took him years because back then it was years. It wasn't just, Hey, we'll get that done in a month or two. Uh, It took years. Uh, But yeah, he, he's best known for that. So it's really awesome to kind of hear that, you know, he landed here in on the, on California, put out a plate said, yo, been here dropped it and why that's his version of graffiti he just like drops a plate and walks off drake was here w-u-z well i mean until then it was just kind of a written thing and nobody really knew how true it was right right right. just you know a lot of people can write stuff yeah and it doesn't necessarily mean anything and back in the day all you had to do was walk into a tavern and go ha just came back from sailing around the world (laughs) and everybody's like oh how was that and everybody and then it grows right yeah Yes, exactly. Uh, so Professor Bolton then decided, this is huge. Uh, I need to have a press conference. 
So he has he sets up a press conference. All the news media and everybody shows up there, and a lot more of his colleagues. And uh, one of the things that it has inscribed on this is it says, "By the grace of God, and in the name of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth of England, I take possession of this kingdom." Ooh, oh, he's just it. claiming it. He yeah, claimed it immediately. California it. Yeah. coast. It's I don't mine. Care who's here? Yeah. yeah, this is the Queen's because God and the Queen graced thee. Basically. I can take this. Yes. Also. Drake was here. Yes, yes. And why is this a big deal? Because not only is he a, a huge name yeah. in history, but also it means basically that the San Francisco Bay Area was actually discovered 200 years before they originally thought it had been. Wow. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, that's huge. That is huge. So this not only made the newspapers and everything at that time, it literally changed California text history books for kids. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Changes everything, right? Everything. Now let's go to 1977. Uh Uh-oh. This is 40 years later. Disco in full swing. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, disco is all around. Uh, The hair (laughs) pre-Michael Bolton. (laughs) The state of California wanted to celebrate the 400th anniversary of Drake landing in California would have been 400 years. Yep. And that's a huge deal. Uh, they were going to do everything from like having the, they were going, one of the things I read was they were going to have this big boat that was supposed to like replicate the, one of the boats he would have had and sell it in, and sell it into the bay and that type of thing. Some really cool stuff. You know, that yeah. sounds really neat and cool. They had some Drake coffee cake eating yes. contest. Yeah. They had, they had Drake come down and, and sing some songs and rap for them. <laughs> They did all kinds of stuff. Uh, but that's when a professor by the name of James Hart thought it would be a great idea to verify the plate oh, with no. more <laughs> modern technology. Because oh, remember, it's been 40 years, so technology has gotten better since then. Oh, this is great. We can, we can verify this. And this is when <laughs> it hits the fan, Chris, that this entire time, this plate in which they literally changed oh, California God. history was, in fact, a farce. Oh, it was God. a fake... It wasn't real. It 40 was, years. 40 years, even down to the fact that it was made with a modern saw. They could find that out. <laughs> Man, so that means kids learned the wrong history for 40 yeah. years. Which, you know, if you know anything about how we teach history, that's Basically. not unusual. Yeah, 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 true. Uh, but the story's not over. <laughs> Why? I mean, who would set this hoax, right? Why? <laughs> we, there's a lot of questions here. We wouldn't find that out until the year 2003. In 2003, so this is what we found out then. It comes to be known that there was, at the time in the 30s, when this thing was originally found, there was a fraternal society of California's top historians. And this, of course, includes Professor Bolton himself, and they called themselves, I don't know why, the Clampers. (laughs) Yeah, they called themselves the Clampers. (laughs) But basically, it's a bunch of really smart guys. Yeah. Uh, who were involved with history, especially of the California area. Okay. And it was really well known that Professor Bolton really, really wanted to find this plate. Like, that's one of the things he wanted to find his whole life. Everybody knew this. Everyone knew this. Was it something that was kind of hinted at, that it, that wherever he went, he left these things? So he was just kind of, it was like a holy grail type thing, looking for a lost artifact? Well, they said that, like, even when, uh, you know, because he was a professor, when he wouldn't, he like when they were going to like when it was um 
holidays were coming up. I can think of the word holiday. That's how sad this is. When holidays were coming up and, they, and you know the, the students were going to go out, he would even tell them, hey, keep your eye open on the ground. You never know. Like, that's how much he was into this. Wow. So the kids were kind of like, they all loved him. From all of that I read, he was a very lovable guy. But they were mm-hmm. kind of like, <laughs> sure thing, professor. You know, that type of Idiot. deal. Yeah. <laughs> so in 1933, five clampers uh, decided to play what they felt would be an innocent prank oh, on Professor God. Bolton. Oh, Just God. For fun. So literally, he didn't he even his... know. That's so horrible. It gets worse. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we all play pranks on our on our friends. Let's, yeah. You know, most of them are fairly innocent. Their plan was to make this plate and just put it out in the wild somewhere that people would find it. And <laughs> they were right. Somebody found it. And when it was found out and uh, the professor would find out, they would come out and tell him pretty soon, you know, but they'd come out pretty much surprise (laughs) (laughs) that type of deal. Yeah. We're going to have a great time. Uh, They planned to actually unveil the hoax, but what happened was, Oh God, professor Bolton, as soon as he saw this, he got so excited that he almost immediately called the press. He almost immediately called all his colleagues. He moved fast. My friend, he moved quick. Even quicker. It so. was ready to go, dude. He yes. knew one day it was going to happen. He just had everything on speed dial. He's like, yeah, finally, I can use this. Boom, 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 boom. This is like a sitcom, too, because <laughs> every time he would talk about this plate, he would like double and triple down on how real this plate was. <laughs> he was like, yeah, yo, man, this thing's a sure thing. Oh, if God. anybody was going to make this a hoax, they'd have to know so much about history, <laughs> blah, 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 like that. Like he was dead set God, on this thing being so real. so horrible, dude. So just think if you're one of but these But they five stayed clampers, quiet. Well, what are you going to do? Because <laughs> about that time, they're going to embarrass them if they come out and say this, that it was God. all just a trick. So they all felt really bad about it. So they just stayed, uh, you know, pardon the pun, clamped up for for decades and decades. Were they still alive when this came out in the 70s? Here's the thing. He actually passed away before this came out okay good so when he died he still thought that it was that's fine man good i'm glad he didn't realize he was the (laughs) butt of a joke man that's the worst but how about the ones that perpetrated this were they still alive when this came out i think some of them were because that's how they would have found out uh i would assume some of them felt pretty awful about it (laughs) golly but yeah so that's the story of uh drake's plates or you know or the the hoax of Drake's plate. Yeah. Wow, dude. I had never heard of that. That's, that's interesting. And that's, you know, wow. That's, that's horrible, like, man. I don't does know. Does it just sound like a sitcom? It does. Like, oh, like yeah. I'm going to play a fun joke on my friend. Uh, this is just going to be a really fun, ha ha thing. But or it one, gets wildly out of control. Yeah. Or, or like one of those movies where at the beginning it just happens and then yeah. just snowballs all the way. <laughs> yes. So there's the, the end. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's awesome. I never heard that one. That was awesome. Yeah, that was a fun read. Uh, I discovered that this morning. I had something else I was going to do for this, but I found out I was like, I got to do this. This is just so yeah. interesting. That's really cool. Very cool. Yeah. Well, there you go, creepers. There's our uh, there's our that's odd episode for the week. Um, before we head out of here, I just want to let you guys know: head over to the website bicbp-radio.com. Make sure to check out a lot of the other podcasts out there on the network. Uh, we have a lot of hardworking content creators on the network. Uh, that are doing a lot of different things for you guys, all different kinds of shows. Uh, one of the shows that's on the network is a show. It's a true crime show called Wine, Wicked Crimes, and Cat Moms Oh My. 
Uh, I actually had a chance to sit down with the two ladies and be a guest on their most recent episode. So when you're done listening to That's Odd, go check that one out. Um, the way that works is these two ladies like to enjoy their their bottle of wine and talk crime, true crime. Basically, one, uh, one of the girls does a lot of the research and, and presents the story. The other one interacts and responds. So oh, man, I was, I I was the other one. <laughs> well, that was me. I was the third. I was the responder as well. So yeah. it was, it was a lot of, it was a good time. And I got to tell you, they told me a story I had never heard of about a graphic artist, a graphic novel artist who uh, was not such a good person. He did some kind of horrific things. Um, this story has ties to Wil- Wilmer Valderrama in that 70s show. Wow. So uh, yes. So yeah. check it out. Uh it's called Wine, Wicked Crimes, and Cat Moms. Oh my. I am gonna warn you, the episode is a monster. It is two and a half hours long. It is a very long episode. Well, I was about to say I, I'm very hurt that I haven't been invited on it, but that's a long time to be on the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, we're going to be having the ladies on as guests of history creeps here in the very near future. So we'll be doing that. And then I'm sure they're gonna have us back on it as well at, at some point in the future. So you'll you'll have your chance at a three hour episode, Johnny. Okay, good. That's what I've always wanted. <laughs> uh, but yeah, my voice for three hours. Uh, yeah. So thank you uh, also for all y'all's continued support. The Creepers, you all are amazing and incredible. Yes, we love you all. Definitely. And just sharing the show and talking about the show and all this stuff helps us immensely. And of course, we also have a Patreon, which we love you all dearly. Uh, for if you're part of that, you get free, you get uh, I always want to say free, but it's not free because you're paying for it. But you get yeah, yeah. you get premium audio that you will not get anywhere else. Yeah, on the Patreon of History Creeps, uh, new shows on there that exactly. are nowhere else to be found. Exactly. So uh, it's 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 pretty cool, pretty awesome. And um, guys, thanks so much for for uh, for the support. We really appreciate it. Yeah, very much so. And of course, uh, to all the ladies out there who want me to uh, want me to start the Johnny dating show uh it's uh, we're working on it it's gonna have a lot of production <laughs> and uh yeah and, and the winner of this dating show will get one free zoom date with me uh in which uh I may uh I may uh, like pretend like we're drinking a drink together Who knows <laughs> how crazy i want to get but stay tuned for that thing that i just made up uh, <laughs> all right i'm out of here i'm leaving the clubhouse dude <laughs> all right let me Let's get a little creepy right, chris is getting out of here i'm getting a little uh get a little you know you know start thinking about all all you beautiful sexy ladies out there and i invite you all all especially you sexy ladies to just stay on